Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new, best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you doing today? As a reminder, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode that comes out every single week. And if you haven't joined my Facebook group yet, please feel free to do so. It is free and it's called the Divorce Rehab. There's tons of great information in there for you, community and insights and just all in all community is really what's most important wherever it is that you are in your process. And so on to today's show, um, I am very much looking forward to introducing you all to my guest, Juliana Lehman. Hello, Juliana. How are you? I am well, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm very grateful. Of course. And I am really looking forward to our conversation today about how to become your body's best friend in midlife, because Lord knows we could all use a little help (laughs) in that area. Um, So before we dive in, I'm going to share a little bit about you with our audience today. Yes. So Juliana is the founder of Naturally Joyous, Inc. She is a holistic menopause transition expert, the host of Confidence From Within podcast, and author of Release, A Woman's Guide to Releasing Weight in Midlife Through Becoming Your Body's Best Friend. She is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, board certified by the American Association of Natural Wellness Practitioners, university trained with a master's degree in science, registered, is it Bach flower? Yes. Okay. Bach flower <laughs> practitioner and trained in human behavior by the Demartini Institute. She is on a mission to provide a new model of care for weight loss for women during menopause transition and post-menopause, which she calls weight release, moving away from the diet mindset, I'm air quoting to those listening, (laughs) moving away from the diet mindset and helping women find confidence from within. Wow, my dear, you are (laughs) quite educated and knowledgeable about this topic, which is what was so appealing to me to have you come on today. So as I always ask my guests, I would love for you to share with our audience today how it is that you became who you are and what inspired (laughs) you to become and create your business. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much. (laughs) I know it's a long bio to read, so I really appreciate it. And I would say that 
you know, the real looking back and all the years and all the different things that I've studied and done, it really started early in childhood with my late grandfather. He practiced holistic modalities into his 80s. And he was like the leader of our family. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes me emotional sometimes, even I'm still processing, you know, losing him last year. But he basically just like taught all of us to dream to love animals, to love our planet, and to love holistic modalities in general. So I think I grew up in such an open-minded family (laughs) that I had room to experiment and so on that fast forward like 15, 20 years when I had my, the onset of my health struggles, I had a different set of tools to pull from. And I think it was a combination of that early childhood experience I had with him because of him with all the things my body had to go through that really sort of all the doors started opening one after another, (laughs) you know, and the path just sort of presented itself and I just walked through it. And sometimes I had to knock on the door a little bit too, but, (laughs) but that was basically how it came through. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I love that. I mean, I stumbled into what I do, right. Wasn't planning on becoming a divorce coach or getting divorced (laughs) myself. And, you know, we see that things happen for us and that we're meant to be doing this type of work. So I'm really fascinated by your perspective on, uh, you know, on, how women relate to their bodies, because especially for, you know, those of us, right. That are approaching menopause that are in it, that are maybe even on the other side, I feel like this is a practice that anybody and everybody can, um, can embrace. And, you know, there's always that, that word diet, that everybody uses all the time. Um, And the time that we're recording, um, I find that the timing of you being on today is very interesting because there's a lot of chatter around Miss Kim Kardashian at the Met Gala, how she starved herself to get into her (laughs) Marilyn dress. And just what, you know, I'm going to be bold on my podcast. It is horrible. It is a horrible (laughs) thing to say publicly. It is, she is somebody that our youth looks up to. And so I feel like body image is a prevalent cause of concern. It is something that every woman thinks about every time she looks in the mirror. So Mm -hmm. I personally am very interested to understand how it is (laughs) that I get to become my body's best friend in the middle of my life. So share a little bit more about what that means um, and how it's different from being in that, you know, crash diet mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many things. My brain is going in all the (laughs) directions. I'm going to ground myself. But I think where I would like to start is very much the concept that, and I think the word you use is perfect. You said perception, right? And I believe that our experience of whatever happens, perceived good or bad, air quotes as well, is always given your perception. So if you think something is good, it is. If you think something is bad, it is. And when it comes to dieting and even choices like, you know, Kim made for (laughs) that event and things like that, the way that I like to look at it, first of all, is separating weight loss from the concept of weight release. So I'm going to start there and then I'll come back to the perception specifically. Mm -hmm. And the way that I like to define the two is that weight loss often means you're trying to get rid of a part of you, right? We want to get rid of belly fat, get rid of love handles, whatever part we want to get rid of in her case, 16 pounds or whatnot. 
Whereas weight release is a lot more of an internal game. It is not about getting rid of anything. It's actually about accepting all of it so that your body can change. And I think that the major shift is that we go from looking outside of us to looking inside of us, bringing that power back. And at the end of the day, if you want to do X, Y, and Z and look for the scale, you can, I'm not, you know, saying Mm -hmm. don't, but we just really shift to the why you do it Mm -hmm. and the how you do it. And I think that is the very big shift to get started. Now to answer your specific question in terms of, you know, starting to become that body's best friend and using Kim as the perfect example you brought up. I like to start by talking to people that the real point of perception that leads to us looking in the mirror and feeling disappointed that we don't measure up and so on has all to do with those authority figures that we put on pedestals in our lives. It could be celebrities like Kim, like you just said, or for example, a magazine or even like a family social member, media, all these influencers. Absolutely. And the part that surprises people most, and it could also be a younger version of you. And that is mm. the thing that people usually don't think about. You know, sometimes we have like those, uh, I used to use a hashtag toss the skinny jeans, like that skinny jeans that it may never fit into again, but it's almost this goal that's so unachievable. That's so demotivating, right? Or photos of us when we were 20 years old, that yeah, like our bodies and metabolism were in a completely different stage in life. And use when we use those things as the, the goal, the parameter, we always feel we don't measure up because we're putting them in the pedestal and bringing ourselves down into guilt, shame, blame, and all those emotions that right. I know you talk a lot. So that's kind of how I like to start by saying, where is your, who is your authority? Like, who are you putting on the pedestal? Let's work on that first before we look at diet, what we eat and what we don't eat. Okay. So that sounds like a step one. So what's step two? Yeah. So once you see who the authorities are, and some people have many, right. And different phases in life, you may have different ones and, you know, it's really identifying that. But I think the second and the big piece of the whole picture is understanding why you want this. And I think that's usually the most difficult part. I know you talk in your podcast about desires and knowing what we want, right? So applying that to your physical body, why do you want to change your body? And in my book release, I asked a question to say, if how you looked did not impact how people see you, love you, or judge you, would you still want to lose weight? Mm. Right? Okay. That's powerful. Will you say that again? Yeah. Please. If the way you look did not impact how people see you, judge you, or love you, would you still want to lose weight? If the answer is yes, it could be, right? Maybe you want more mobility. Maybe you just want to have more stamina. Maybe there is a physical health aspect of it that you're after. Absolutely. But if the answer is because I want to feel accepted, loved, not judged, then we need to work on those authorities. <laughs> right. So what I'm hearing is based on your answer, it's about, are you, or do you want to do it to seek external validation or are you really doing it for your own health benefits? Exactly. Because unless you're doing it for you, it's not sustainable. And I think that's really where the magic is that so many people do it quotations for the wrong reasons, not that they're doing it on purpose for the wrong reasons, but they're just not deeply connected to that 
fire motivation inside their hearts. That is what keeps the momentum going. That's why we hear all the time. I need accountability. I need, you know, because they're always yeah. seeking something outside well, you're of them making, or you're making them. excuses, right? Yeah. So, so it's interesting because with everything that you're saying, you know, it's stirring some things inside of me where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, what, why am I doing this? Cause I mean, and I know why I'm doing this. Like, you know, and I've talked about this, uh, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on my podcast. I know that I've talked about it in my groups, but I haven't been feeling good, right? Like I am yeah. struggling with gut stuff right now. And so mm-hmm. I am actually seeking to feel better. And the way that I frame that both with my clients and then obviously, you know, I walk the walk, I talk the talk. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing you say that's very similar is it's really about what is your intention behind the goal that you are setting for yourself, right? And the intention is to feel better, right? Like I'm tired of my stomach issues. I'm tired of not Mm -hmm. feeling good. Um, you know, and, and that's my motivator, mm-hmm. um, versus like, I just want to get back into my skinny jeans and prove to everybody that I can lose my COVID-19. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. so what I know ends up happening is that when you are leaning into an intention and tell me if I'm wrong with, as it relates mm-hmm. to the work that you do, mm-hmm. but I almost feel like it's easier to notice if you are succeeding and I'm using quotation marks versus if you are seeking external, you feel unsuccessful and then you just give up. Exactly. And I'll say the two easiest signs of that happening. Number one, like, so let's just use the example you said, like just fit into this pair of jeans and that's it. Once you got to that goal, then people stop because literally you reach the end of yeah. your you know road there's no more right. intrinsic motivation for it right right and so if people keep doing that and get in that place and almost like the yo-yo dieting standpoint that's usually a very clear indicator that their source of motivation is not deep enough it's too a little bit superficial you know external focused the second and i heard you talk about this before in your work is what i call the duty words the shoulds the have tos the need tos that in my work is the number one sign or excusitis, I like to call, which is the chronic Oh, I love that. Excusitis. That is I a love clear, that. Yeah. It's an indication that you're not in congruency, in alignment between what is most important to you and what that goal looks like. Right. Yeah. And so let's get into that because mm-hmm. when you're focusing on the intention and not the goal. Mm -hmm. It's about the emotion, right? So there's positive and negative associated Mm -hmm. with the journey. Um, You know, I know that you're, you know, through your methodology of becoming your body's best friend, it's really about boosting, you know, your confidence and your self-esteem. Talk a little bit about when you are not your body's best friend and mm-hmm. you're seeking external validation, what are some signs that people should be paying attention to that are mental? Yeah. So I like to say, and I'll like start like looking at the emotions, like the good and the bad, mm-hmm. every single emotion is neutral. Right. And they're all important. Uh, an example I love to use, and I'm 
born and raised in Brazil. I live in Canada now. So we have a lot of fire in our culture. Maybe it is the crazy heat in our country. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But my family is fiery. Let's put it that way. Uh, And anger is one of the most prominent emotions, I would say, that I was raised around. Amazing family, wonderful upbringing, but a lot of expression to anger. And for a long time, I perceived, oh, this is a bad thing. But eventually I realized that anger is also a huge amount of, it brings a lot of energy and momentum Mm -hmm. and it can get somebody out of stagnation, right? Mm -hmm. So every emotion has both sides. And when it comes to physical health or even following a diet, I always like to bring perfectionism into the question because every emotion Mm -hmm. has both sides, right? So when you're attempted to be perfect, you're seeking two things. You're seeking the recognition but you're also avoiding criticism. So you see how every emotion has both sides to it, right? And I think that's important because when we look in our bodies and we perceive that we don't like what we see and so on, we're in a way blinded to the other half of the coin, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. 110 percent. And it all boils down to whether or not you are making yourself a priority. And, and you are present and mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of women going through divorce, we are the last person that we think about yeah. every, you know, or most of our marriage, it was about our, you know, our spouse and the kids and we were last. And when we took care of ourselves, we thought it was selfish. Um, so talk about a little bit about how this relates to, Um, and I'm going to, I like how you phrase it instead of self-care, it's about making yourself a priority. Yeah. What you just said is literally the fuel of why I do what I do (laughs) specifically. Um, and it's that concept of showing, I I work a lot with, you know, high-performing women, the super women type, and a lot of women to undergo going through divorce and having now to rediscover who they are, like identity shift, right? Like learning life in a very different set of terms from what, you know, they understood before. And I think what is important about this whole, you know, period is that I think what I'm most passionate about is to showing to women that it is not that we should, also give to ourselves, like that is our responsibility. We can only be the best version of us for others when we are filling our own cups. So I think there's so much, you know, talk in terms of put your mask first. And yes, I I completely agree. But I I go even further to that and I say, it is your job to live the most authentic version of who you are. Because when you do so, everybody benefits, right? And I think things such as a divorce is such a massive, like emotionally think like a charge, like there's so much, you know, that happens. So what it does is that it really opens this, you know, gate of empowerment so that we can step up to the plate and now learn things that we didn't have to before become proficient in things that before somebody else did it for us. Like it is such an opportunity. And I deeply love the work you do, especially how you phrase it about, you know, finding the gift in divorce. I think this is so important because one of my mentors says anything you cannot say thank you to becomes your baggage. And we don't need any more baggage, right? We all carry enough baggage in our backs and working on those emotions and neutralizing. And I think it comes from such a place of empowerment, same concept of weight loss. Relationship is a teacher. 
weight issues is a teacher, health struggles is a teacher. And the quicker we learn the lesson, the easier it becomes, the more, you know, we become to flow and go on to the next lesson, (laughs) basically. Exactly. I mean, and that's what we're here for is to learn lessons in this lifetime. That's very (laughs) much so what I believe. Um, You know, one of the things that I've been talking a lot about, because, you know, my listeners also know that, um, you know, I recently lost my mom to cancer Mm -hmm. after a four and a half year battle. And so a lot of what I know that a lot of other people, because I got an outpouring of support with emails being sent to me about it, you know, it's really any life transition. We go through this love-hate relationship with food, with exercise. Yeah. Um, and you know, of, of course, with an actual loss of a family member, as you experienced a year ago. Yeah. Um, so if somebody's listening in, who's in grief right now, and you know, grief can go, I believe grief can go one of two ways, right? Like, and it's also very interesting me as an example, when I learned of my now ex-husband's affair, I starved myself and then losing my mom, I have gained weight. (laughs) So I'm, and I also know I'm older. My metabolism is not as, you know, it's been six years. So my metabolism is very different than it was six years ago too. So talk a little bit about, you know, it's really any life transition that people are struggling. And, you know, a lot of times it's like, you're just trying to get out of bed in the morning. So it comes down to creating habits And typically, you know, people start and then they stop because they're, you know, not seeing results. So Mm -hmm. what is something that you can tell somebody tuning in? Who's like, I really want to do this, but like, I just cannot get myself there right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if the problem is that initial, you know, little bit, right. So that may be the one time that I would say a support team is probably important. You know, I do believe in self-accountability and becoming completely self-sufficient in life, but this may be a time to work with a coach or even do something with a friend or colleague that are sort of like serving as a temporary outer motivation for you until you're able to really get yourself to a place of self-empowerment, right? And I think asking for help, but more specifically accepting help (laughs) is one of the most powerful things that we can all do, right? I look Mm -hmm. at my history, my life, and so much of it, I've always invested in myself to invest in coaches and practitioners to get myself out of stuckness because sometimes all we need is a perspective shift like I say to the women that I work with I tend to attract women that tried everything without Mm -hmm. getting results so they come to me with a lot of knowledge so knowing what to do is not their problem (laughs) and I'm very clear about that it is the the implementation like you said in the long-term sustainability of what they do and I say that what I give the most is a shift in perspective, because once you know how to, what I call activate that inner motivator inside mm-hmm. of you, your success becomes inevitable. Like it really does. And anytime that you deviate from it, then once you get like, you know, that you learn how to use your intuition and listen to your body, which is part of the, you know, becoming a body's best friend concept, then you're able to know I'm a little off track. I'm going to course correct. Because food, and you mentioned that specifically, food is such a, I would say, accessible tool, at least in North America, accessible tool that we can use to modulate our emotions, right? We yeah, can I was going to say food. it numbs, it, you know, it's a coping mechanism, right? Yes. 
And I like to say, so if you open the pantry and you look in there and you're seeking a specific treat or something, you're probably trying to recreate a feeling. So if you think as a child, you know, food was on, you're sick, this is how we care for you, or you won sports. So here's how we congratulate you. So you may be seeking that recreation of the feeling. Or if you go to your pantry fridge, open it, you don't care, you just need something, you're probably trying to escape a feeling, right? So even paying attention to how are you using food as a tool? Because at the end of the day, Wendy, like our, not a single muscle in the body moves without motive. It just doesn't. <laughs> um, so if you're making that choice to eat, say that cookie at that minute, your mind perceives more benefits for eating the cookie than feeling the feelings. And there's nothing wrong with that if you're in the healing journey and process. Right. But when you get to the other side that you feel, okay, I process my emotions. Now I want to work on the physical health. But then you're stuck, like in, in the question you had, that's what I would say, potentially getting some support so you can now, you know, make that shift and then go in your next journey. Okay. You just said some really powerful stuff just now. Mm -hmm. And I hope that everybody listening heard what I heard and experienced what I just experienced. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say that when you go into the pantry and you're like craving a certain food, it's about creating a memory or a feeling associated with that food. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that blows my mind because <laughs> I've never, I've never even thought about it that way before. I always say that the way that, you know, the shortcut to healing is feeling through it all. <laughs> um, and through doesn't mean through food. It means you know, through the, the feelings, right. Through the mm -hmm. ick of, of the feelings, yeah. um, because ultimately it's really about you getting the support that you need and not seeking it from the outside, but trusting and knowing that you have, as you said, power to, to manage this yourself. Yeah. Um, but the problem is a lot of us don't have the confidence Mm -hmm. You know, depending mm -hmm. upon the circumstances around the divorce or whatever life transition that it is that you're dealing with, there's, you know, yeah. a knockdown of confidence. So mm -hmm. how can people see that there is a positive on the confidence side or what that kind of that ripple effect is for the, uh, the weight release? Yeah. One of my favorite topics of all times. <laughs> so the one thing I wanted to say, and unfortunately, if you're not on YouTube, if you're on the podcast listening, you can't see my hands. So I'm going to try to describe, <laughs> but I like to explain what he just asked. If you think of like a Y and a X axis, no, from math school, yes. I guess. And on the horizontal line, I like to write the word worth. Okay. And if you can imagine like a little thermometer or a meter, your worth is at a hundred percent from birth to your last breath. It doesn't matter what you eat. It doesn't matter what you do, don't do, what other people think of you, it is untouchable. And a lot of women don't know that, right? We think we lack a sense of self-worth, mm -hmm. but it's more, I would say, potentially a little bit of a misunderstanding because you're worthy just because you are, period. What changes is your perception of that worth, mm -hmm. which is what we call self-esteem, right? So if you are above, 
that line of worth, mm-hmm. you're maybe a little proud, a little full of yourself and life will humble us. Right. If you're below that line, that's a lot of times when we perceive we lack confidence, we lack self-esteem because there's something or someone, again, an authority at that time bringing us down right? So the way that it happens for weight release is that once we understand that authority and we know that no matter what happens, your worthiness is unchanged, all we have to do is now work on the circumstances that are creating you to perceive yourself less than, right? And my favorite, and maybe this is like, I don't know if you want to say something before I jump into it, but I have a little- No, keep going. Okay. You're good. (laughs) I have this very um, special question that I like women to ask themselves, because if you perceive, so say you look in the mirror or let's just pick some, let's pick Kim as an example. uh, And let's just say you love her hair. And I know nowadays hair is funny, right? Because so much hair is not real hair, but let's just pretend it is. And you love her hair and you look in the mirror and say, oh, my hair doesn't measure up, right? Just as an example. What I like to ask women is if you perceive something in someone else, that makes you feel less than, all that means is that you have it too, but in a different form. And this is one of the most powerful, you cannot perceive something of value if you don't have it, right? So I like to flip confidence on its head. Confidence is a a perception, it's relative. It changes from moment to moment. Like I'm a confident speaker if I'm speaking about things I'm passionate about, but if you ask me to speak about investing in real estate, I would be a terrible speaker. I don't know what to say, right? <laughs> I was just like, try to read notes and have stuff in my hands, you know? So confidence is relative, but if you can see in somebody else, something that you admire that you think you don't have, you just have to find the form. What it means first, what does that hair mean to you? Is it beauty? Is it sexuality? Is it power? Is it status? Do you have it too? It makes total sense. I, I feel very mind blown during this conversation, (laughs) Juliana, I must be, I must be honest. I knew there was a reason I needed to talk to you and have you you. on this podcast. Um, so what is, I mean, you've said so many amazing, wonderful things already. Mm -hmm. Um, what would you say to somebody who is really struggling in that confidence arena? And they're saying to themselves right now, like, no, there's no way I have that in me. Like, no way. That's why I want it so bad. Those naysayers. What would you, what would you say to them as a way for them to get out of their own way? Mm -hmm. I'll probably ask them to highlight what is actually most important to them. And I'm not talking goals and dreams and wishes. I'm talking like your essence, right? So for example, like I think maybe before recording, we talked about loving to learn, right? So for myself, learning, teaching, and business are three of the most important things to me. So if somebody, and I decided to not be a parent with my husband, and I decided not to have children, my business is my baby, right? So if somebody were come to me and I'm trying to measure up as a mom, I will always feel less than, right? Because it is a choice that my family didn't agree with, that I made it anyways, that type of thing. <laughs> Good for right? you. That's a very vulnerable example, but it just is. came out. So here we go. <laughs> Welcome but... to being in my container. Vulnerability <laughs> just spews. <laughs> just comes out. Yes. But because I know very clearly that the other three things are most important to me, that's enough for me. Right. But if I'm trying to be some, if I'm trying to act within somebody else's, you know, 
priority structure, I would never feel that I measure up. So if somebody is struggling with confidence, they're probably not very clear about what is most important to them. And potentially they're letting other people's priorities impose on themselves, how they should be, how they should do. Yes, my family has said to me so many times, I should be a mom. I need to be a mom. I have to be a mom. I'm not a mom, (laughs) right? By choice, because I chose differently and not, you know, it wasn't a premeditated choice. Like I lived the last 20 years of my life in a fantasy that that's what I had to do. It was a very difficult process for me to break out of that mold and decide I'm happier this way. And this is the life I choose, right? But the freedom that comes from being you like the confidence skyrockets, right? Because you're not trying to be somebody or not. Totally. And, and it releases you from caring about what other people think and, you know, which so many of us have such a hard time, especially going through divorce, because it's like, you don't, you become the the gossip, the topic of the gossip mill, or, you know, you worry about what other people are saying behind your back, or, you know, if you show up in the carpool line, you know, with, you know, looking like a mess, like it's really about judgment. Yeah. Um, you know, being in fear of that. And I agree with you. I think that a lot of women have a really hard time standing in the power of their choices mm-hmm. when the choices are not like they don't go with the mainstream, which I mean, divorce is really mainstream now, guys, like <laughs> half yes. the population is divorced. So the adult yeah. population, I should say, but you and I come from the same, you know, cut from the same cloth of like, it doesn't matter if it's mainstream or not, it's your choice, it's your power. And you get to stand behind that confidently. um, And to just kind of like, you know, what I would say is like, you got to tune out the noise. And even like specifically on that example you said, it's so important because this is something that it's probably one of the most prominent concerns, right? Mm-hmm. That people would have, even looking at friends of mine that gone through divorce in the recent times and how people took sides and all of that. You know, I stay neutral just because that's my value system, but right. I know some people are not that way, right? Right. And the one thing that I like to say to that is that judgment is basically how people discern the world, right? And I know we're always trying not to judge, but I think it's just, that is a judgment in itself kind of like you know so I just go with the flow yeah (laughs) but what I think is important and this is very much based on my trainings of Honoponopono specifically the Mm self-identity which is very much the concept that everybody's a mirror to you but it's your show like you are the most important thing in the world because it's your show everybody's just like those mirrors so if you go out there and you stand in your power and you decide to, you know, go through a divorce and the people are talking behind your back, what, the way I see it from all my training and years, <laughs> you know, in the field, what's happening is that you're holding mirrors to them and you're probably triggering their fears. Right. In terms of, wow, 100%. This, she stood up for what she wanted. Now they're looking at their lives and all the things that they didn't stand up, that they kind of blame themselves secretly. And it's easier to gossip than to accept how we feel, right? right? So I look at that and I say, I'd rather be me. I can be somebody else. That's not the best way to live. Bless them and release, right? And still go out in town and still go on the carpool lane and all those things because we can only be responsible for us, but we are solely responsible for how we react to things, right? Absolutely. Oh, a hundred percent. And 
And it's our choice. We get to choose coming full circle back to the beginning of our conversation. (laughs) It's all about your perspective and which perspective it is that you choose and knowing that you have the power to change it at any time. Yes, exactly. And the last thing I wanted to mention to Wendy, like you said at the beginning, so since you brought it back, I wanted to touch on it, is the whole concept of trust. And I listened recently to your episode about trust after divorce. And what I like to suggest and propose (laughs) to women is to, when it's difficult to trust those outside of you, you have your body as the never feeling, always present way source of trust within you, right? And I'm saying this to you, like I, I, my little catchphrase is your body got your back no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter what. And I've had diagnosis of fibromyalgia, hormone imbalances. I had spinal surgery, like 15 years of chronic migraines, like chronic fatigue. <laughs> I have a nice little laundry list, you know, but every single one of those and me healing to them and going to them. The moment I could find the deep transcendental gratitude for it, I knew why it happened to me or through me more so. And I think that is important because I trust my body fully. And if symptoms are coming, if something is not working out, I pay attention. Like, okay, you're trying to talk to me. Let's talk. And that relationship, that bond is so solid that I can always count on me. And that is Love very much that. a thing I, I want to propose, you know, because I know lack of trust is a very raw emotion, right? That a lot of your listeners and audience will experience. So that's why I propose the trusting self because that would never let you down. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of that gets to be the work and recognizing what that feels like again, because you do, um, you're just not paying attention. So yes. Oh my goodness. Juliana, thank you so much for being here and being my guest. I I mean, talk about drop the mic. You had a few of those during today's episode. Um, and I know that you have a very generous gift uh, for my listeners, which will also be in the show notes. So I'd love for you to share what that is. Yeah. Thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoy our conversation. You asked me all my favorite questions. <laughs> I love talking about this so much. I know you do. I'm fascinated oh. by your methodology. It's really, it's awesome. Thank you. And so the gift that I have is a complimentary free training. It's my most popular training um, in which I really help women now take the concepts that we talked about and get a little deeper in, ter- in terms of applying it to real life. <laughs> and I really focus on the connection between our emotions, our hormones, and food. What is changing as we enter midlife, but also knowing what's changing, what are the things getting your way, what to do about it. So that is what the gift is. And it is uh, all you have to do to get it is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training, and you get immediate access to the replay. Yes. Amazing. And how and where can people find you? I would say the best, easiest way would be Instagram. Uh, And my handle is naturally, period, joyous. Perfect. And everybody, thank you so much for being here, Juliana. This truly was an amazing conversation. And I love the work that you do. And I really have so much gratitude for what you do and for sharing your wisdom with my audience today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much again for inviting me. It was such a lovely conversation.
Of course. Mm -hmm. And everybody tuning in. Oh my God, was this not an amazing episode <laughs> today, you guys? You know that with every single episode, I strive to help you guys wherever it is that you are in your process to take one step forward, any nugget of information that can help support you wherever it is that you are. So thank you again for tuning in today. One more time, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you guys don't miss a single episode. And I will see you guys in next week's podcast episode, sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know, or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time. 